0: Welcome back. It's Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. The Mobile World Congress is underway in Barcelona, Spain, and Microsoft is making some waves with an announcement of its AI, artificial intelligence, access principles. Mark Flalo of Access Tech Live can unpack the announcement. Hey, good morning, Mark. Morning, Dave. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Nice to chat with you today. Mark, what are the big takeaways? What's the big picture out of Microsoft's announcements?
1: well you know the company realizes that they have a fairly large head start when it comes to ai being a major stakeholder in open ai so they're pretty pretty ahead of the game but they also uh have you know seen their past records of monopolies and issues and you know different government bodies complaining so they they're putting out this list of principles that basically allow people to very publicly see the guidelines in which they are going to be developing AI, things like not using public information, things like using only their own servers and their own software infrastructure, small things that that have a minor effect on consumers, but a larger effect on the governing bodies that are looking for companies to establish responsible uses and development of AI principles.
0: Right, this is about establishing your own internal guardrails and maybe trying to avoid over over government regulation. So, how does this maybe fit into the broader conversation that was had last year at international conference in London, England, where tech companies and politicians didn't necessarily spar over AI but were trying to come to some sort of understanding.
1: Well, you know, I think a lot stemmed out of that and also just the introduction of these large, large language models being available to consumers. So we're definitely seeing that people did take a little bit of a step back and say, OK, how are we developing this? What tools are we putting out there? What pace are we putting these tools out there? You have companies like OpenAI that really don't seem to be holding back, whereas you have companies like Apple that really haven't done anything, at least publicly, about how they're using these large language models. So what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of the big name companies that least step forward and talk about how they're going to be doing things on a more public forum and really disclosing a lot of the information as to what data they're going to be using to train these models. So a lot of it does stem from that meeting about a year ago, but it it, it is already, as you said, kind of making sure that everybody is very clear on how they plan on moving forward with the development, what processes they're going to put into place, and hopefully avoid some government oversight. Mark, I was playing around with some AI on the weekend, doing some logo design, just just seeing what
0: was capable. I don't know if it's that the AI is not smart enough or I'm just really bad at typing in
1: prompts. You know, it, there is a creativity and there is an art to talking to AI and giving it prompts that really are um, accurate enough to give you the result you want. I find that if you speak natural language and you just kind of define its role. You know, you are a, a graphic designer with fifty years' experience designing logos for major brands, and include some of those brands and and reference some designs oh, and some oh. art. Yeah, no, you can go deep. You can go really, really deep and give it a role. I like give it, it kind of creates personality and then say, using all this knowledge, now generate some designs that influence blah, 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 blah. And it tends to, you tend to refine the process. And as you, add more details to that prompt and you give it more job descriptions or, or more history or more criteria there, um, it does pump out some pretty accurate stuff. Although, you know, it does have its moments where it, it does go kind of crazy, like when you're trying to, you know, delete a flower pot out of it, a picture and, and it moves it really well, but then doesn't fill in the space with, well, what well, the table it was on type thing. So
0: what you're saying is I need to more gently empower the robot. I like that. It's like what yeah, I... It's just, like when... <laughs> yeah,
1: just, <laughs> just uh, gent- gentle, correct. Give it, you know, stroke its ego it's
0: like it's like it's like when i say thank you to the self-checkout machine okay mark let's let's (laughs) go pivot off of microsoft and move over to google because they uh, unveiled a whole slate of upgrades to various products on the hardware and the software front beginning with an accessibility upgrade in their lookout app
1: what did they put on offer here Okay, so a couple of things actually in accessibility. Um, in the Lookout app specifically, and also really in Google Maps, which takes takes advantage of Lens, which allows you to kind of hold your phone up and point it at things. Well, it's now uh, has more support for landmarks and things of note. So if you're if you're trying to navigate an area and you're holding your phone up, like I'm holding my phone up on the screen now, kind of looking in different directions, it will pinpoint and actually use TalkBack to announce things that it sees oh, to make it a little bit easier for you to you know understand what what you might be looking at. Some other accessibility updates, Really come again, thanks to AI on images and things that don 't have alt text, so it'll actually automatically generate AI descriptions for photos and online images that don 't already have alt text, which is pretty cool so uh, aside from that and the lens, um, the other thing is TalkBack. yeah, talk back'll just you know talk about those landmarks as you 're pointing at them so th- that 's on the accessibility side
0: I like that 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 's a neat one uh, Mark, you mentioned some AI features that are going to be used in terms of generating description. What's the latest on Google's AI Gemini system? I know it hit a couple roadblocks here in the last month or so.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, listen, they're always going to hit roadblocks. People are always going to find ways to kind of push it to its limits and and take up advantage of those opportunities to kind of exploit it or get kind of publicity for it. But So Gemini is replacing, slowly replacing Google's assistant, at least in terms of the back end and being able to uh, be more accurately respond and do things for you. So right in apps, for example, the big one is in Google Messages. Instead of having to go to another app and type in a prompt and get a response and cut and paste it, you can actually call on Gemini in. Google Messages, and this is something we're going to see pop out throughout the entire Android operating system, where it'll just be there when you need it. You know, they talked about photo you know, photo uh, editing and AI photo generation, you know, just a couple weeks ago when Samsung unveiled the, the S24 and the S24 Ultra. Those are small things that are making its way into existing apps that are going to make those experiences a lot better. And the other one is actually kind of cool, and it's an Android Auto, uh, trying to make driving a little bit safer. They're going to summarize long texts and try to pinpoint details in groups texts, for example, what you're dealing with off the air um, (laughs) to give you just the relevant information. So if you are driving and you're behind the wheel, you don't have to glance at your phone. It'll give you that relevant information. Pretty cool stuff. Pulling back the curtain on me a little bit there, Mark.
0: Uh, it's, all, it's all good. I'm trying to get some wedding planning figured out in the fall for a friend's wedding. And it's not going as smoothly as, as I thought it might. Procrastination and ambition uh, failed to align in my life. Mark, one more piece of news here uh, for Google users who use Spotify. What's yeah. the What's the intersection here?
1: It's an interesting one. They're actually just adding new casting controls. So right now it was pretty confusing to figure out how to switch between headphones and smart speakers where you're playing your audio. They're making it really simple. You just literally hit a casting button and let you choose exactly where you want to put it. So a little minor, a little fine tuning under the hood, which is kind of fun. Uh, the amount of fights that I've
0: had with the cast button on my Spotify to some oh, of the some, some of the speakers around my house. Oh my gosh! Uh, words that I'm not allowed to use on the mighty airwaves of AMI TV. Maybe <laughs> maybe on the AMI Audio Podcast Network, but not on the mighty airwaves of AMI TV. Mark, uh, <laughs> you're fresh back from a, a trip to Vienna. What yeah. do you got? What do you guys have lined up for Access Tech Live today at noon Eastern Time?
1: It, it's a pretty packed show today. We're going to talk about these Google and Vince. We're going to talk about Apple ditching the Apple Car Project. Uh, we've got Georgia Knox from Audible who's joining us to talk about accessibility at Audible. Uh, we're going to be talking to a stand-up comedian that's using voice-to-text in uh, one of AMI-TV's mm-hmm. uh, hot specials, mm-hmm. all-access comedy, Aaron Belial. And I'm going to be going hands-on with this mighty Galaxy S24 Ultra that I'm holding up here in my hand. But that's that's all you're going to see about it until noon.
0: Mark, you're making me jealous. After the segment you did about the <laughs> S24 a few weeks ago, you perked the interest of a lot of people around this place. Yeah. And if, uh, I would say about 10 days ago, I was right on the verge of upgrading my phone to the S24. There, There's a million things happening in my life, but I was right on the verge of upgrading to the S24, but then just decided to buy uh, the absolute basic Samsung model as a secondary phone, the A15 5G. I, I, I still somewhat regret my decision, but it was a little bit easier on the pocketbook. <laughs>
1: You know, there's a return policy, and uh, you can finance the S24 Ultra.
0: (laughs) Mark, you're the best, man. Have a great day. Thanks, Dave. (laughs) That's Mark Aflalo. He's one of the hosts of Access Tech Live. You can find that show noon Eastern time on AMI-TV. Coming up after the break, new on Disney Plus is a movie called All of Us Strangers. Entertainment critic Michael McNeely has a review. But first, here is the Paris Sport update
2: with Greg Westlake. Welcome back to the Parasport Update, produced in collaboration with the Canadian Paralympic Committee. I'm Greg Westlake. Canada's men's wheelchair basketball team looked to keep their winning ways at the 2024 Rocky Mountain Cup in Colorado Springs. After opening the tournament with two big wins over the United States split squads, Canada faced Italy in their third match in the round-robin tournament. The Italians defeated Canada 65-57, before the Canadians took it to the US 68-50 to finish the tournament with three wins and one loss. Departing the Continental Divide, we descend on the Eastern Seaboard as Canada's men's sitting volleyball team was in Boston for a series of exhibition matches against the States. With only one qualification spot available for Paris, the Friendlies served as preparation for the 2024 World Para Volleyball Paralympic Qualifiers in just over a month's time in Dali, China. Over the three days, the Americans edged Canada in their set of matches. Switching from the courts to the ice, get ready for a jam-packed week of curling action as Canada's Men's Wheelchair Curling Team begins the SD Biosensor World Wheelchair Curling Championships from March 2nd to the 9th. We'll have full results from Canada's first few matches of the Bond Spiel on the next edition of the show. And that's our time for this edition of the Parasport Update, presented by AMI-audio. Check back next week for more news from the world of adaptive sports.